I'm Liz Beatty, and this is the new Healthy Building Podcast. Everyone involved with Thomas Cole Inc., climate change leaders, and Nervous Duck Seal and Remy Lead Technology were pretty passionate about what we do. These are solutions for an extraordinary time, helping us come out of this pandemic and rebuild. And there's more. These solutions are finding efficiencies that dramatically cut the carbon footprint of our built environments. Because climate change is yet another existential threat. The not here, any of our team could talk your ear off about how all this will change our world for the better, short term and for future generations. But it means that much more coming from a client in a field where you have to get it right the first time. So when COVID-19 closures were announced, it was a great sense of of concern, not necessarily panic, but uh, deep worry about how we were going to keep our staff and our students and our communities healthy. Really wondering around how this virus was going to transmit, how we were going to combat it. That's Tim Ellis, Superintendent of Business at Trillium Lakelands District School Board, servicing Muskoka, Halliburton, and Muskoka Lakes. Tim oversees the operation of 54 facilities, 2.5 million square feet, that accommodate 16,000 students and 2,100 staff. Imagine being in Tim's position when the magnitude of the pandemic first hit. The first order of business get a baseline on the scope of the challenges ahead and how to tackle them. So some of the measures that we took very early on is we started investigating things like virucides and things like that to start looking at high touch surfaces. How can we keep those clean? How can we keep the schools clean? And then after we got a plan for our custodians to develop for the cleaning, we started looking at the other factors such as transmission in the air, looking at what options there might be around mitigating the transmission through our HVA systems in terms of the virus spread. Now, for Tim, this immense responsibility wasn't just a job. It was personal. When you're involved in something like this, for me, because I have children in the system, I have a a spouse that works in the system, it really hits home in that you understand that any environment that your family is going into in an education setting can affect you personally. And you understand that there's up to 16,000 other families that have that same concern that your, your family, your friends, your loved ones are going into an environment that they're uncertain about how they're being kept healthy. You want to make sure that everything you do keeps those people healthy. Like all of us in those early days, Tim was learning on the fly. But one big revelation started to narrow his strategic focus. So when we understood that it was more uh, a factor of uh, an airborne virus, uh, we shifted our attention to how can we increase airflow and how can we capture the virus that is airborne. So a couple things that we started looking at was options around increasing that airflow and making sure that the virus could not continue on the cycle through the HVAC. So we looked at what level of filter could we 
uh, adopt and what was available for us to adopt in, in our buildings. And then from there, the question was, how much air can we pump through? Because obviously, in a central Ontario climate, you need, uh, you need to be able to keep the internal air going through. You can't always open up your windows in the middle of January when it's minus 20. So we were looking at options. One of the options we came on fairly early and could really wrap our head around how it would work was the duct ceiling. It was really around, we know when people put together HVA systems, they don't always seal and, and tape off all these little holes that are in the system. We were looking at options, how can you reduce the, the leakage into non-traditional uh, non spaces, non-usable spaces, to make sure that we get more air pumping into all those classrooms that we need to get that air flowing through. You kind of imagine you know what's involved in duct sealing, just from the name. But Tim was surprised at just how comprehensive the NERVA process was. Initially, when we, we heard about duct sealing, we thought it was just a blast of, of, of some type of uh, particles that would close up all the holes. What we found out in doing the work with NERVA is that they go in, they reattach ducts, they find those big holes, they seal those up prior to putting the duct sealing in so that you have better comfort in that where you might have had severe deficiencies in your HVA system that they're actually being not only hit with a sealant but are actually being physically reattached, uh, reconnected, sealed up properly so that the amount of leakage that you actually will experience is considerably lower and you start to understand in a, in a building that might have been built in the 1970s that if you see this in this building across your portfolio of buildings, that might be a consistent problem. Of course, Trillian Lakelands wanted to start out with a trial of sorts of the duct seal technology, but the results soon spoke loud and clear. We had targeted seven initial schools and the average airflow increase among those seven uh, schools is approximately 30%. And we've seen ranges from up to 45% at, at individual schools so that we can see that up to a third more air coming through into the classrooms, into the offices, into the gymnasiums, and all those spaces that we needed that air to come through. Um, so it was a great result as far as we're concerned in terms of that increased airflow, which helps mitigate the risk of COVID-19. With such impressive results, plans are now underway to install duct seal technology in more Trillium Lakeland schools. So as a, as a result of the initial round of seven, we are going back out and we're going to identify the next round of schools. We're making sure that every school within TLDSB is going to get an HVAC upgrade, duct sealing being the easiest one to do after we do the HVAC projects, we'll come back through and duct seal those as well. Even when you're fighting a pandemic, budget is always a factor, and certainly in the public sector. But soon into their test period, Tim saw clear evidence of quick return on their investment. So when you select a project such as duct sealing, you're looking at best value for the money that you have to spend. In the public sector, you don't have a lot of money to spend. So when we engaged in the duct ceiling, what we started seeing very quickly through our test pilot 
was a decreased amount of electricity costs and a decrease on our electrical costs. And when you do the calculations, it appears that the payback is somewhere between five and seven years. And with duct sealing have a life cycle of up to 30 years, you're in essence getting an extended payback for 23 years that you don't have to invest in. As mentioned at the top of the show, such benefits extend way beyond our current battle with the pandemic. There is an important sustainability side to this story that dovetails with the values of both staff and students across the Trillium Lakelands board. My name is Sage Van Kooten. I am a grade 12 student at Gravenhurst High School and I'm 17. So the G7 is a group of seven students from all of the schools in TLDSB. We work together to bring problems and issues from our schools to a board level and make change for our schools. So we originally came up with this plan back in the fall of 2019. After a bunch of climate change activism was happening in April of 2019, we were all inspired and we wanted to make change in our school board. Sage and her G7 team members are the focus of an upcoming episode of the new Healthy Building podcast about the groundswell of young climate change leaders. After a good bit of time chatting with Sage and her compatriot, Megan James, can I just say, if these two are an example of the next generation, we are in good hands. And their work has impressed the school board as well. The great thing about Trillium Lakelands District School Board is we have a very active student senate called the G7. And what the G7 brought to, to senior team last year was the climate action plan. And when senior teams saw the climate action plan, we saw a clear mandate from our student senate, one that we could operationalize and put into place very quickly. We were very happy to. So immediately we started looking at things such as converting all our lighting to LED lighting, which has a, which has a very good payback. We are looking at things like continued adoption of white roofs, which reduce the amount of heat gain in the summer. We look at things such as planting native species around our buildings instead of invasive species, looking at natural ways to do stormwater management. Those things help reduce carbon output and help with our bottom line in terms of not having to do as many projects. We can reinvest those dollars into more sustainable programs. One of the things that we've adopted this year in school, even though COVID has had a, a little bit of impact, is recycling of single-use plastics. So we've adopted a, we've sourced a vendor that we can put all our pens in. So when your pen is expired, you go to this, uh, this canister and, and you drop in your pen, they will recycle, they will make sure that that plastic gets used again. So we're reducing carbon footprint by not using plastic again, as well as recycling. We're not ending up putting all this plastic in landfill. And this action plan is extensive getting students more involved in our waste audits, having them understand what they are throwing out and what they can do because, well, we can write a report and say that we're going to do that until you have some ownership in what's happening. Um, it's a little bit more difficult and a little bit more distant. So as they are more active in working on things like the, the waste management and working with us to look at the energy usage such as um, turning off all the devices so we're not having phantom power go through at the end of the day. The more they get involved in that, the more it becomes culture within that 
building, the more it spreads to the other buildings. And pretty soon we have a fully 16,000 students engaged in climate action planning without them having to do very much extra effort. Yes, the pandemic sidelined the hands-on, on-site portions of this action plan, but only temporarily. Still, things like their duck seal investment, knowing how well your systems are running through regular deficiency reports, all this shows students that the Trillium Lakelands District School Board is walking the talk when it comes to sustainability. Absolutely. So uh, the duct ceiling, because we had talked about uh, decreased utilities, obviously on the electricity side, uh, Ontario is pretty clean in terms of its uh, electrical distribution. But because we are able to put more uh, air into all these classrooms, we're reducing the heat because the heat's actually getting to where it needs to be or the cooling gets to where it needs to be. Therefore, heating bills are going to drop. Therefore, we're using less natural gas or oil or however we heat our buildings, propane sometimes. Um, that will reduce our carbon footprint as well. So the duct ceiling's been excellent that way. Beyond the pandemic, beyond climate change, there are simple benefits that are being felt by everyone. One thing that we've noticed, less complaints. We've noticed that uh, teachers are, seem to be more comfortable in their space. So we don't have hard data on that, but uh, those of us who, who receive those complaints from teachers and receive the work orders and come in and this is hot or this is cold, and uh, those are dropping off. We're, we're seeing that teachers are happy in their space. The kids aren't, uh, are, aren't complaining as much about the hot and cold and, and that the actual learning environment seems to have stabilized a little bit more from a, from a physical comfort point of view. And the only thing I could really point that to is that we've done duck ceiling, nothing else. All of us spend so much time indoors. Tim says it best, why clean air in these spaces matters. Anytime you can have a classroom that has cleaner air, anytime you have a classroom that has lots of fresh air, you're going to have better outcomes, you're going to have less illness, you're going to have people that are more attentive, more awake because they've got that fresh air. When you've got a bright, clean room, great air, that's what you're striving for when you operate your buildings. You do that duct ceiling, you know you're getting the best quality air that you can get for your, for your classrooms. For more information on anything you've heard today, check out thomascoleinc.com. That's T-H-O-M-A-S-C-O-L-E-I-N-C.com. This has been the new Healthy Building Podcast. I'm Liz Beatty. Thanks for listening.